hello what up guys summer is almost over and that my friends means it is almost fall which it's my favorite time of year one because it's my birthday and two because it's my favorite freaking holiday hello freaking ween I love Halloween so, so much, and no, not because of the ugly pagan satanic reason, but actually, I legit love, love, love dressing up. Like, it's so fun. Seriously, I was meant to be a Disney princess. By the way, I decided I'm going to be Sarah from Ra Labyrinth, and Miles is going to be Toby, and it's going to be great. What are you going to be, Tristan? Um, I'm not a psychopath like you, so I do not plan. I actually am a, like, literal psycho planner, but I have not planned out yet. Um, but it's really hard trying to be something for Halloween because I have a significant other who does not like to dress up. So, so you can just be whatever you want to be. No clue. I know, but like if I have a couple, like I want to do a couple costume, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which actually last year we were pretty good couple costume. Um, I've learned from last year that we just, it's. My boyfriend's like a little child. We just take him to the Halloween store and he picks out his costume and I just build around Oh, it. yeah. See, that's perfect. So he has to pick it out first. Yes. If we're going to do something together, like he has to like he's yeah, you know, he's not like too crazy, but it's like he's like, if I have to wear a mask, like, no, I don't want to wear something like that. Like last year, he was a doctor. <laughs> he was Dr. Shots, oh, actually, to be. Yeah. And he had like a little like syringe for shots. But yeah, all he wore was a doctor coat. Like, but it worked. The man is – it's so hard. So hard. So – and then I was a botched plastic surgery patient person. Oh, so. yeah. You actually did really good. Your, like, SX, SFX makeup was nice. It was really good. I was impressed. I was so mad because we did not take any pictures together. And I was like, wow, this is the one Halloween we, like, actually, like, really, like, worked. And, like, there was – it was, you know, it was, like, the story of, like – Dr. Shots, he's drunk. And he <laughs> yeah. My plastic surgery. <laughs> like, it made sense, but we took literally no pictures together. So, I'm sorry. That's a bummer. <sighs> well, so it never happened. We'll just be that again. Yeah. No one knows. Well, there's no proof. So, we're just that again. Actually, cut this out of the whole podcast. Why? <laughs> I was never <laughs> a plastic surgery botch patient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was not me. And that's my answer now. Okay. All right. Continue. Okay. Anyway, today we are coming at you with another unsolved murder, once again. And in order to tell the tale, we're going to have to travel back in time. But before we get to that, hey oh, let me just say hi to all of our new friends. Guys, we hit 1,500 downloads, and for those of you who chuckle at that number, I say, eh, maybe you're right. But at the same time, for, like, me and the fact that we, like, totally started this thing from scratch, we have no idea what we're doing, I'm actually, like, really proud. This is a milestone. And everybody knows that, like, indie films are way better than the blockbusters, and I believe that we are, in fact, the indie film in the podcast dimension. So, it's great. I just have to add that, like, Taylor literally texted me. She's like, oh, my God, we have 1,500 downloads. And I was like, literally, I, I, as soon as I started playing, like, the D.B. Uh, Cooper episode for my boyfriend, and I was like, sick i was the <laughs> <laughs> i was the 1500th play yes. of my hey, own podcast you I, yourself. I am our number one fan like we really need to like see if we can do stats because i actually listen to every single podcast okay but we've ever put i out. know a handful of people so, who listen to every single one because i still get messages no yes. 
No, I am our number one okay. fan. They can't take that away from me. I'm literally on the podcast. Like, how <laughs> how more of a fan can you okay. be? Excuse That's me. fine. Anyway. Anyways, we are sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday, we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime, not in a morbid way, and we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk. So with that, let's get started. Disclaimer. Today's case contains murder, vicious attacks, and some suspicious criminals. Yes. Wow, that was really, really detailed. It was. Disclaimer today. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. Wow, I, I could have never guessed that. <laughs> All right, so in order to tell today's tale, we're going to go back almost 100 years ago. And I honestly think it's so weird to think that the 1920s were 100 years ago. Like, I can't wrap my head around that. But anyways, the year was 1924, and happenings were as follows. On February 7th, the first death penalty execution was done via gas chamber. Uh, Don Knotts was born, as well as Jimmy Carter, and... George H. Bush, which I don't trust that guy, like, at all. I mean, I know he's not alive anymore, but, eh, I don't like him. Wait, 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 George H. Bush? Why Why do we not like George? He started the CIA. He did some suspicious things. Did you, Ooh, did you never... I love the CIA. Did you never watch the Kendall Ray thing on the Bush family? It's very revealing. You know what? I could care less about the Bush family unless it is George W. Bush. Well, it's his daddy. There. Where do you think he got all of his things from? His what? His from? things. Just who he is. He is who he is because Th of that. His he's father. a literal psychopath. Like he's not even a psychopath. That he's just a literal dummy. Yeah, came from his dad. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I love watching Bush videos of him. Like, we're going out there. We're gonna save people, and uh, we gotta start a war. <laughs> Peace and war. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what? Sir. I'm sorry, but when Trump was inaugurated and George Bush, like, couldn't figure out how to open, like, his poncho, <laughs> I was, like, dying laughing. So See, I feel bad because, like, I really don't know anything about, like, Bush's, like, whatever, his... Like agenda and everything. Yeah, I don't know anything. I, I want to say his reign. It was not his reign, but like when he was a president, <laughs> yeah. like whatever he did, I really don't know what the frick he did. I mean, supposedly he did 9 11. <laughs> I don't know. Not going to go there. But I really feel like nowadays he's like America's sweetheart. Like, he's <laughs> literally just the he's like, old crazy man that's in the background doing something goofy. I feel like, like he's what are you doing, Forrest sir? Gump in like. In the, oh my in god, the does it always go back to Forrest Gump? No, I always have to go back to my faves. O.J. Simpson, Ted Bundy, Forrest Gump. But oh Tristan, I literally just watched Forrest Gump like two days ago and thought of you. Well, stop. It's stop. not that good. <laughs> I saw something that <laughs> said it was like, first of all, it's on like the top 100 movies you have to watch before you die. But then it's also like in the top 30 of overrated movies. And I was like, ew, you guys are rude. So which one but, is uh, it? Huh. I believe on my side, but whatever. Well, I mean, I agree you should watch it before you die just to realize, wow, that was the most overrated movie <laughs> no. ever. Yeah, uh, I agree. No. Anyway, this is off topic. Yes. So, okay. Anyway, uh, 1924, yeah. the Immigration Act took place, uh, which meant that the U.S. started putting a limit as to how many people or who could come into the country. And just for the record, a two-bedroom home actually only cost... 
about $1,200 total. <laughs> you can't even rent a studio right now in the Pacific Northwest for $1,200. And also 1924 meant it was like halfway through prohibition. So Okay, already right there, I understand the reason for this case. <laughs> the reason there was murder. There was no alcohol. Well, there was alcohol. Let's be yeah. real. There was Speak alcohol. Easy. There was lots of alcohol. Yeah. But, yeah, that would make me mad, too. So. Not saying being mad says you can kill people. I'm not, like, <laughs> allowing that. But, like, I'm just saying. Oh, it justifies I could it. see. I could see the viewpoint. Yeah. Well, our story actually begins outside of the then small town of Bend, Oregon. It was spring, roughly mid-April, when a family began to get concerned about their whereabouts of their kin. Now, these fellas, they were spending the winter months in a cabin helping out a friend who feared the worst. Now, you can only imagine their horror as they made their way out to Little Lava Lake only to discover a path of blood that led to a hole that had been cut into the ice. What? <laughs> Revealing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it then revealed the bodies of three men horrifically murdered. The first man had been hit with a shotgun at close range. Like, not shot at a sh close range. He was, like, hit <laughs> with the butt of it or something. To which uh -oh. he had also been shot. And it was, like, blown um, away part of his face and his chest. Uh, the second person was also shot with a shotgun in the shoulder, but then he was also shot with a pistol behind his ear. And the final body, uh, the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the face. To this day, there have been no solid answers as to who done it leaving the murders at Lava Lake unsolved for the last 97 years. The end. Shortest episode ever. I'm, okay, I'm wait, totally wait. kidding. I literally have, like, so many questions. So many questions. And a lot of them, I'm not sure if you're really going to answer them. Is Do we go back to, like, the what is... What just happened? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait. I, I mean, I really like came in hot, and I just threw the story at you, and then walked away. Mic drop. You can't just leave it at that. Like, we need to talk. No, about I what just, just I wanted to throw it at you just to see, like, we're changing it up because you know every single time. Well, I we try to like read murders. on. Yeah. I try to read on, and you guys are like, oh, blah blah blah, people's names. Well, yeah. Cool. So just like, no, I want to know what. No, anyway, you were okay, you were like a listener continue. here. All right, so I don't want to be. The discovery was made, right? Right. But who are these guys, and why are they in a frozen lake, and why are they dead? So the three victims were named Ed Nichols, Roy Wilson, and Dewey Morris. And no, they weren't mobsters because I was all Peaky Blinders excited. In all actuality, they were loggers, and just as times are like now and you know kind of uncertain and you know kind of unstable with only having one job multiple incomes were pretty much a necessity so it's the 20s you know out of the three ed nichols was essentially like cabin sitting for another man named ed logan so he was a logger from bend and in exchange for housing ed nichols would look after logan's foxes in which he was raising for fur so, due to lack of income, as I mentioned before, 
Nichols invited his two friends, that would be Wilson and Morris, to come spend the winter with him in this cabin. Now, it was rumored that Nichols was pretty worried that there was, like, another guy who wanted him dead. And it was also said that they were up to some moonshine making on the side as well. So, there's that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I really don't know what's going on in this case, but already I'm so... You're hooked. Right? No. No? (laughs) No, 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 no. This sounds like a cheesy 1950s mystery well, just wait, tv show it was the this, it was, is this what's his face it was 1924 it's a perry mason like it what is, is this like you know what i mean like ooh. perry mason that's a great thing mom should listen to our podcast she would be interested Ooh, ooh. these men went missing and it was rumored someone wanted to kill them like you know what i mean that's what i was like this is freaking lame but just <laughs> Not, keep going okay just keep going. Right. Just keep going. Power through it. So around Christmas time, Wilson and Morris actually went back to Bend via snowshoe to see their families, you know, like check in holidays. Everything was fine. Everybody was good. And then they said, hey, we'll like come back after winter had passed, i.e. probably around like February. So wait, 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 wait. How far away is this cabin? I don't know how far away Lava Lake is <laughs> from Bend. I mean, I guess you would assume that in my research, I would look um i don't know i'm just amazed with like all these people that end up dying are always walking around doing something weird stop walking it's around. like 30 miles so <laughs> it's pretty far right. up there what are these people doing no wonder they got murdered they're walking around yeah. <laughs> 30, 30 miles, miles like pretty, oh my god pretty stinking far okay i don't know what else they would have done but like why walk <laughs> i don't know Snowshoe <laughs> that bothers fun, me though. For 30 miles? I don't think so. You literally like have to camp overnight. Like, can you really snowshoe 36 walk miles in the in a snow day? for 30 miles in a day? That seems like a lot. I don't know. Maybe they had huskies and a ski. I don't know. Or not a ski, a sled. Who knows? Well, that's not snowshoeing. Yeah, well, this thing said snowshoeing. All right, you know what? It was 1924, okay? I can guarantee I'm the people saying. who would have known are now deceased, so I can't really ask anybody. So, later after the news of their death, because remember, like, we're kind of jumping back and forth in time, um, a man actually recalled going and visiting them, and he said that when he saw them, he did go in January, he said, like, they were in high spirits, he stopped by on his way through, and, like, everything was good, like, the guys were fine. Little did he know that at the time, he was the last person to actually see them alive. Ooh. If we could get the Perry Mason, like song it's well it's like it always plays like when he's you know solving crimes and stuff yeah that's what i'm saying like as soon as you said that other like last paragraph and i was like joking like laughing at it that's literally the music playing in my head like <laughs> yeah. commercial break like yeah like and the person like looks over their shoulder and like <laughs> you know that's literally this whole entire story it is like okay but it gets uh, juicier all right because i kind of thought this was going to be a cut and dry thing too but just can you just hang on for a second all right so no it's actually so so juicy okay as time went on like i said they should have been back around february so it it becomes like april like april rolls around and for those of you who don't know like april can still be snowing for central oregon especially in like certain parts like i remember my dad and i used to go um out to like 
what's it called? China hat and like East Fort Rock and stuff like that. Cause we would go ride dirt bikes and quads and stuff. And it would be snowing in April. So for those of you who are like, whenever it wouldn't be snowing, it was, it does. So my thing is April rolls around and they're like, wait a minute, the guys aren't back yet. And I'm like, Hey, February, March, April, like you waited like kind of almost three months. And then you were like, Hey, maybe they should be back by now. But again, you know why? It was, it you know was 1924. Why? So obviously like times were different. They didn't want to snowshoe 30 <laughs> miles to the cabin to, to see out. if they're still there. True. Ridiculous. Really true. <laughs> so Morris's brother actually pulled a group together and he started a search party. Arriving at the cabin, they had found that it was abandoned. It was as though that it had been like left in time. Easily as if two months had passed. And I quote, their last meal, judging from the dishes left on the table, was breakfast, and it was molded on cooking utensils, showing that food had been left simmering on the stove. Rifles, traps, and heavy clothing were found in the cabin. No signs of preparation for a trip were evident, end quote. However, it was also reported that the rifles, although they were left behind, it was as if someone had kind of like thrashed the place a little bit before leaving or upon entering. So there was, like, newspapers and things kind of all over the place. But also, a cat had been found in the cabin. And thankfully, like, it was still alive. But it was, like, fully emaciated. So um, thus kind of, like... I don't know what that word means. Like, its skin and bones were showing. Like, it had lost so much weight. Like, it was malnourished kind of thing. Which also aided into the timeline of how long the men had been not there you know what i mean so like this cat was left inside there which to me when mm. i heard that there were like newspapers all around now i'm kind of like well was the cat just like pissed off looking for food and like throwing things well, all over the now place i'm thinking why didn't the cat eat the like breakfast i don't know <laughs> maybe he didn't why like would he not there. eat the breakfast or maybe he did but they're basically they were saying like there was moldy food in the house like that had you could tell like they had made breakfast or whatever and that's just like and the cat did not like yeah, it clearly the kitty cat was not having it so scoping out the rest of the property they found the pens in which like the foxes would reside however there were no foxes to be found oh my god that was the number one thing i was thinking i was like where are the foxes thus indicating whoever had been there had definitely taken the foxes and the fur for themselves so it was in this time that a discovery of a bloody hammer was found in a shed nearby. So like I said, I'm sorry, I don't remember which one it was, but one of them had been like bludgeoned to death. So clearly we found the murder weapon. It was like blood force trauma, yeah. right? That's what it was to the face or something crazy. Yeah. So a team consisting of the sheriff along with the cabin owner and a former district game warden arrived on the scene to assess and determine like what had actually happened to the three victims. So, at this point in the story, like, they haven't found the bodies yet. Like, they're just, like, the family members who show up. They're like, okay, the cabin's abandoned. Uh, we found this bloody hammer. Like, the foxes are all gone. They're like, not oh, good. crap. Like, what happened? <laughs> That's not what you want to see after snowshoeing for 30 miles. Well, who knows? Like, 1924, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they had found a different way to get out there, but... Located less than 500 yards away from the cabin was the lake in which the bodies were found. In the space between, there was a sled that just so happened to have dried blood on it as well. Upon finding the sled, it was then seen that there was a trail from the sled straight to the hole in the ice. And then 
that was like in the middle of the lake. And they also found like brown hair like stuck to the ice. So, oh my gosh, okay, I it was like a murder trail essentially. And these these family members and like the sheriff are like, oh crap, here we go. Okay. Now this is painting a way better picture to me than your than first my intro of craziness yeah. that didn't I just, make any I sense. I dropped it on you, and now we're here, and now I'm like filling in all the blanks. So, yeah, you're <laughs> not too far off. Um, under a tree were the mangled bodies of perfectly professionally skinned foxes. So definitely, someone came up there. They took the fur and they skedaddled. So, along with more human hair, more blood, they also found a single tooth. Now, for the record, up until this point, we as a listener audience know that the men were found in the lake. However, for the search party, like, they hadn't found the bodies yet, like I said. So, only the clues leading up to the hole um, in the ice of of the lake. But as soon as the team had crushed up the ice surrounding the hole, the bodies of every missing man floated to the surface. And their bodies were actually covered in, like, muslin. You know, that, like, white, thin... It's, like, not soft. What? The, like, muslin or whatever. It's, like, a fabric kind of thing. But the bodies were, like, totally wrapped in that. So, like, whoever killed them wrapped them up before they threw them in the water. Like, I don't know what the point of that was, but that's what they did. So, surprisingly, one man was still wearing his glasses while another man still had his watch on, and it seemed as though time had stopped at 9.10. For the record, I feel like up into the 50s, it was, like, legitimately a time to be alive as a criminal or as a detective. Like, this was the time in which you could be whoever you said you were, and we've totally talked about this before. Like, you want to be a cop? Use a cop. You want to change your name? Go for it. You can be Jiminy Cricket if you want to, and ain't no one going to question you as long as you have confidence to believe that that's who you are, right? So, you could be whoever you wanted to be, and you could have tons of aliases, and no one would really, like, it would take a while before it would either catch up to you or no one would ever figure it out. Like most of our stories, although there were no leads and no solid suspects, there was in fact one man that many of the people who knew of the crime, if not all of the people who knew of the crime, felt was responsible for the deaths of the three men. His name was Charles Kimsey, but in reality, he had actually been going by the name Collins because that just so happened to be one of his many aliases that he would give people. His reputation has quite a story, and so I'm going to share that with you now. All right, so Collins, a.k.a. Charles Kimsey, he had a past, but before we go into that past, we're going to talk about why we even think that he was the bad guy. So, Lee Collins was what he went by and he was an elk lake lodge employee which that place still exists today i did look that up and he was actually charged with theft of profit theft of property of ed nichols so remember how i was saying at the beginning of the story like the guy wanted people to come up there with him because he was worried about somebody coming after him this is the guy he was worried about coming after him so at the same time Kimsey was also on the bad side of Ed Logan, and Ed Logan was the guy who owned the cabin. Now, he was on his bad side because he was accused of stealing Logan's fur coats, as well as he was known for making, like, tons of threats to him. 
So basically, he's on the poop list of, like, both the Eds. And he also has a reason for motive. I mean, it's just me, but, like, really, bro? You gotta, like, get that upset? Like, you have to murder? Like, that's exactly like what we were talking about earlier. Like, just because you're mad at somebody doesn't mean you have to kill them. Like, shoot, if I was just supposed to, like, go off murdering people who pissed me off, yeah, I, I know that there's, like, a list of people who would not exist. And I'm sure everybody has that. I'm not just, well... I'm crazy, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, though, the, the real question here is Lee Collins, Charlie Kimsey, whoever he wants to be today. Yeah. I don't understand why you're mad at the Eds when He's you're the, the one stealing travel, from them, right? <laughs> like, why are you mad? <laughs> he, they should be mad at but you. I don't understand. He was, upset. he was charged of theft of property from Ed. Both of them. But he's pissed off at Yeah, Ed. exactly. Well, yeah, both Eds. Like, I don't understand why he's mad. Yeah, so he's like, oh, you're going to get mad at <laughs> me because I did something wrong? Like, yeah, dude. Well, I don't understand. Like, okay, this man obviously, like, is off his rocker, but, like. But okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, like, you don't even have a right to be mad. So, like, yeah, we shouldn't kill people if we're mad, but we really shouldn't kill people if we don't even have a reason to be mad and kill them. Which is, that's these the are, like, moral of poster this guys for these psychopaths, right? So, well, and he has two, he has, he has like, he's a freaking like schizophrenic or something. <laughs> he has two personalities. Well, just listen. What's wrong it with gets this man is it crazy. gets so much better. So not only was Colin slash Kimsey like the first and almost only suspect due to the fact that he had issues and grievances towards both the Eds, but as soon as they started to like look into this guy, they discovered that he was not at all a good dude. And by that, I mean his past was just as bad as his current thought to be involved with situation. So, like, this is not his first go-around with murder. You see, Kimsey was actually an escaped convict who was charged with attempted murder. But this wasn't any just, oh, I'm going to shoot you type of murder, like had, what had happened, like, with these guys. Nay, nay. This guy was, like, the worst of the worst. And thankfully, his first victim, like, did survive, but not before he was beaten, forced to consume poison, tied up, and then thrown into the bottom of an abandoned well and left there to die. Wow. I mean, you... <laughs> like, this is the guy they're dealing with. So... You really can't say, like, Charlie, Collins, Kimsey. He gives it his all. I really do like the A for effort there. That's a lot of work. Right? What? Why do you need to do so many ways? Oh, my gosh. But, and then, let's think about it. He beat him, poisoned him, tied him up, thrown him into an abandoned well, and he still got out. So he's actually not that great of a criminal. Well, yeah. Because miraculously, thanks to Jesus, this guy was able to, like, vomit up the poison. He was able to crawl out of the well, which, yes, amazing news for this guy, but not so great news for Kimsey. But again, he was already on the run. He was already an escaped convict. So this was not his first go-around. Like, and we don't even know what the crimes were before that. So he's on the run again, assuming that he's already killed this guy. So he comes up to Oregon. And apparently this happened, I'm pretty sure, like down in Southern California. So knowing this guy's background, it's pretty clear this, like, this wasn't his first go-around. And, uh, you know... Coming at a triple murder seemed to be right up his alley, right? But you know me, and I just love to question and to provoke possibilities and options. I mean, just because this guy is an awful troll doesn't mean that he is the guy, right? Because, I mean, we've seen it before on at least two occasions in which the wrong guy was pinned, right? Well, Charlie was, in fact, in the area. 
and he just so happened to be headed to Portland, and he was in search of someone to purchase his fur. So to connect the dots, it's believed that he went from killing the three guys, taking the fur, and then he heads straight into the city to sell what was stolen. Yeah, I don't think he did it. (laughs) Whatever. Nah. After this story of literally beating someone up, forced them to consume poison, (laughs) tied them up, and threw them into a well, and left them there to die, and the man did not die, I don't think he could kill three people. I don't believe it. (laughs) Whatever. I really don't. I don't think it was him. No. Like, are you being sarcastic or like... No, I really don't think it was him. He's not the person who was at the bottom of the well, Tristan. He's the one who left the guy there. I know, and he did not successfully kill the man. Oh, How so you're saying successfully that now? Kill three of no, them? because he tried it once and it didn't work, so when you don't succeed, try, try again, right? So... And he didn't <laughs> succeed. All right. That's well, my just guess. continue I don't to believe listen. So after word got out that he was on the run, a local copper in Portland came forward, and he was like, yeah, I talked to that guy. He looked just like Kimsey. So he shared the place in which he sent him to. So... He's basically like, oh, yeah, like, this guy came in and was like, hey, where's the best place to sell my fur? And so the cop was like, oh, it's so-and-so place. So, lo and behold, when they arrived, they checked the books, because obviously Candlers were non-existent. The name that was left in the books, as for, like, the one who sold the fur and um, whatever, was none other than Ed Logan. Funny, because Logan was never in Portland, and in fact, it was assumed that Kimsey actually used Logan's, like, fur license to sell it, and then used the money for his escape. And it was in this time that we find out that he wasn't alone. Dude. I really don't think it was him. So as if this triple homicide wasn't a story within itself, not only do we learn about the background of Charles Kimsey, who had already attempted murder, it seemed as though he was going to get away with it. Then in 1933, he was caught once again with another alias found in Montana. When he was questioned, he of course denied any involvement in the incident and at best had a terribly faulty alibi stating something about being a miner in another state. Like, miner, like, coal miner, like, down in the... Not, like, a miner. Like, okay. a... Like, not, like, a say, small person. to be underage. No. I was like, huh? So, sadly, because of the amount of time that had passed, when they went back to, like, go talk with the cops to have them, like, hey, can you come, you know, like, do a... What is that called? So, like, the lineup or whatever to try to, like, pick the people... Um, they were unable to positively identify Kimsey as the criminal at the time. So the guy was like, oh, yeah, like, this guy kind of looks like that, but he wasn't, like, 100%. So, unfortunately, like, they had to just let it go. Now, Deschutes County was more than dissatisfied and disappointed because it was as if everyone else had forgotten about it and no justice was able to be served, at least in that case. However... The cops were able to go back 10 years prior, and they were able to indict him for an attack that was made on another man, in which somehow he was able to receive a life sentence, and he was, you know, stuck in the state pen for the rest of his life. So that's kind of cool. Even though they weren't able to, like, put this on him, you know, they did get him down for something. So, yeah, no matter what, he was killing people, even if, I mean, I really don't think he did this crime, but even if he like I said, did not do this crime. Um, he was still, like, incarcerated for killing other people. He was an actual murderer. Yeah. 
correct? Correct. Okay. So he was never, like, charged with murder ever ever again, um, but they were able to just, like, say, like, because he attacked somebody and, like, had an assault or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Like, they were able to give him a life sentence, maybe because it was, like, third strike, you know? Like, dude, you've been doing this. You had, you know, he was already an escaped convict. You attempted to murder somebody. You're a suspect in this. Like, they were just like, yep, we're done with you. Threw him away. Goodbye. I thought you said he murdered someone before possibly that's what i mean like no one really knows no one's able to pin down every single well, crime i guess he has so many aliases. exactly he could have been anybody and everybody wow. all at once so to jump back in i had mentioned that kimsey didn't go at it alone it's also believed that the accomplice with charles was a bad dude within himself i mean The information I'm going to give actually comes from um, a book of a local Oregonian who did, like, some research and detective work. And the book is called The Trapper Murders, and it was actually released in, like, 2013. So she determined that the accomplice must have been none other than a man by the name of Ray Van Buren Jackson. Now, you, Van Buren. this dude seemed to have a worse rap sheet with Kimsey, which is pretty hard to say because homie was already kind of like a mess. Although he was professionally known as like a professor, <laughs> professional professor. Uh, I actually like read later on, he was just a teacher. So like some people called him a professor, like some articles were like, oh, he was a professor. Other people were like, nah, he was just a school teacher. To which at that point, he was already a convicted felon. To where I'm like, excuse me, what? Like, why is 1924, like, such a hot mess in Oregon? You can spend time in the slammer and then come back and just, like, hang out with kids and it's fine. So, this is a fun quote that I found. And I want you to read this about our friend, Mr. Jackson. All right, Mr. Van Buren Jackson. And I quote, The morning after he'd gotten in a big fist fight with one of his students. Oh, my God. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> First off, sir, <laughs> he's already a convicted felon, and then you find out he gets in fistfights with his kids? Uh, what? <laughs> the grade school teacher walked nonchalantly into the classroom and laid his forty-five caliber Colt revolver on the desk. Revolver, revolver, whatever, on the desk. End quote. Classy, right? End quote. So, like, this is just the guy I want teaching my kids geography. Like, I don't understand. No, like, I always keep them around. I mean, part of me feels like uh, this is about to happen in 2021 with all of the crazy stuff going on nowadays. But I don't know. It's just times where I guess like so much more different. I, I don't even know how to say it. So much more different sounds so stupid to say it in a sentence. But anyways, the another nickname for this guy was the Angel of Death. And he got that, obviously, because of all of his fun shenanigans. So... I did a little research on him, and so he's the one, like, listed in this book, but then I, like I said, did some other research, and one person went as far as saying that he was, in fact, a serial killer, but, of course, due to the times, like, they didn't really, like, coin that phrase yet, because that actually didn't come to, like, the 50s and 60s, so in one article that I was able to read on the interwebs, it seemed to be that Jackson had, like, a weird connection and at least six different deaths that were not of natural causes. And that doesn't even include the triple murder at Lava Lake. So, 
to tie this all together, because, like, we can't just say, like, oh, well, just because he was a serial killer doesn't mean he did this triple murder. You actually find out that Jackson and Kimsey had family ties as well as, like, mutual friends, making their connection, like, even more suspicious. Wait, wait, wait. How does he have a weird connection in at least six different deaths? Exactly. Like, what Let me tell you. So before he committed suicide in 1938, thus officially leaving the questions of his involvement unknown as to whether or not he played a part in, you know, um, the triple murder. But he actually was... He actually was like a witness into many murders that happened in Lake and Harvey County in Oregon. So, including a story about um, this $3,000 that went missing just as a local man was found dead. To which it was also said that he like randomly had made a purchase and it was for exactly $3,000. And it was all within this like same time frame. Along with the fact that an 11-year-old student was mysteriously poisoned at his school. And it was, like, I don't know if it was specifically, like, one of his students or just at his school. Um, There was also a woman who may or may not have died during childbirth with his baby. So, like, for sure this woman died, but they can't, it wasn't, they couldn't pinpoint, like, exactly what happened to her. And then they never really were able to confirm whether or not it was his baby. And, of course, there was a death of a man whom Jackson may or may not have been having an affair with the wife of. And lastly, there was a neighbor who was brutally attacked with no leads, no suspects ever identified. So, like I said, he ended up committing suicide in 1938 uh, with a shotgun, and he used a fire poker to, like, pull the trigger. And he actually, like, shot himself in the chest, which I just thought was kind of interesting because it's not like an instantaneous thing, like, where you hit your brain, you know? But basically, like, he had, he was a witness or played a part or always seemed to be at the scene for every single one of these things that I mentioned. So, yeah, Jackson seems like a really cool guy. Um, <laughs> I I like the fact that he was just mysteriously, coincidentally, at all these right? murders. That's what I mean. Like, they can't Love specifically, that like, pinpoint it to him saying, like, oh, yeah, he for sure did this, but he was involved and he was at every single death. Like, how are you at, like, six times? That's a lot. That's a lot of times well, to be Well, and I love involved. the range. Yeah. The range of these murders. So one man is just, he's missing and then was found dead. A kid's poisoned. Yeah. A girl dies during childbirth. Like, he really has a range. He was a true great criminal. I agree. Right? Um, I I do love that. That's that's really good. I I, I think he is better than the Collins, Charlie, Kimsey. Kimsey, yeah, because you thought Kimsey, Kimsey was bad with his stuff that he was doing, but then you hear about this guy and you're like, what? These were like two peas well, in a I pod, and Kimsey kind of looks like I, he's just in it. Like, he's he's playing the little league, whereas, you know, Van Buren Jackson, he's in the big leagues. Yeah, Kimsey did not impress me. And like I said, I don't think Kimsey – did it maybe with this man maybe there's two men I could well that's the where they're saying there. like they the connection that's been made is that it's been rumored that they were together and that they actually did this together because there was like there was no way for this one dude to kill three people and carry them all out to the ice and shove them down and all those kind of things so all of this to circle back to the fact that no one really knows who was responsible for the lava lake murders it is still unsolved 
Is it possible that these two fellows played a part? You bet. But we really don't know for sure. So, I don't know. It's just interesting. And there's so, like, there's so much information there. And you can, you can make it. It's all just, like, circumstantial, though. Like, you can't 100% say, this is what happened. Can I say my theory? Yes, please. My theory is that Charlie did not do this. <laughs> I don't think Jackson did it either. You know why? Who do you think you did know it? Who I think did it? I think it was Ed Logan himself. Why would Ed Logan do that? Uh, because he's paying for some loser dude to come watch his foxes, and he's like, "Might as well kill him. I don't gotta pay him." And I still get the foxes. And then he probably sent someone to be himself to go sell them so he could not look sus. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, you could have written down anybody's name. So it was interesting that it was Ed Logan's name, but Ed Logan swore up and down that it wasn't him. But I don't know. I didn't even think of that's that. See, you came out well, of nowhere with this theory. He could have handed out his license to the guy and say, yo, come go sell these for me. I got something to do with. Some people got murdered at my cabin for no reason. So no reason. Good, but- <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I don't know. I don't know. We obviously don't get to see, like, we weren't there. The 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 facts of, like, oh, they left the breakfast. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I just, that doesn't really give me the vibes of Charlie did it. I guess, but I guess it does. Like, if Charlie walked into your house and you're like, oh, dang it, it's Charlie. He's going to steal my stuff. I mean, you run around the house. I don't know. And try to run away from him. Maybe. But then, like, what it, like you said, there wasn't really a lot of, uh, what's it called? Anything happening in the house. He said there wasn't a lot of, like, destruction, I guess. Yeah. Dude, words cannot come Well, and that's what someone has said. Like, obviously, it either had to have happened, like, outside of the home. Like, did, did they, like, knock on the door and, like, lure them out? Or was it something where, like, they were friendly with whoever it was like they had to have known who it was because it didn't no one broke in so either the guys had to that's where your ed logan thing could have made sense but then again there was another guy the elk lake lodge guy he could have been the one who i mean he was the last one to see him alive that's true maybe ed logan sent him there and said yo go check on these guys are they still feeding my foxes and maybe he went there and he's like yeah they're just partying they ain't feeding no foxes and he's like dang it what am i paying these losers for so then he decided you know what i'm gonna kill him so i don't have to pay for him (laughs) i don't know (laughs) that's my theory i really don't think charlie did it i think is charlie is a stupid criminal he can't even kill someone wrong place wrong well and that's what i'm saying crawled out of the well how cow how did he failed. He could not kill three people. And then Jackson, I don't know, maybe Jackson could kill three people, I guess. But I just, that the part that is bothering me is that, A, the cat was still there. The cat did not run away. Why did the cat not run away? If the cat saw someone that did not belong in the house, I feel like the cat would run away. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know cats. I'm not a cat. Well, okay, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ex-nay your Ed Logan thing because... Why? He wouldn't have left his cat there to die. That's just rude. Well... I mean, he does kill foxes, But at the same time, why would you not... Like, why would you take your cat? That's sus, too. Oh, Ed, why is your cat at home when it was in the cabin? I don't know. Well, that's sus. (laughs) 
All of it is just strange. And again, 1924 was such a different time. So we really can't like, we can try to make the best assumptions we can, but how are we, like, how are they even supposed to do any like solid police work if they haven't, like, unless it was like written out in blood in the snow, like you're not going to know who did it or how it happened. Oh, and then I also wanted to ask a question. I think this is what I was painting in my head. You know, I'm I'm picturing like a winter scene. Okay. You know, light snow frost. So you said there was like a blood trail to the hole in the lake. Yeah. Correct. So like were they murdered on land and then they dragged their bodies? Yeah, exactly. That's why they're saying it had to be multiple people. Because there's no way that one dude could have drugged three guys onto the ice. You have to drag them at once. I mean, I guess that's true. And that's where they were saying, like, the the sled sled was used. So, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things, like, I, I don't know. I, we could be totally wrong. It could be someone totally different, a serial killer that no one even knows about could have done it. Or, you know, a little old lady and she just got irritated because they wouldn't do what she wanted. I mean, who knows? Stop killing those foxes. (laughs) I guess they end up killing the foxes. I mean, someone took the foxes. (laughs) And I think because Kimsey had already stolen fur and already had stolen some of Ed Logan's property, like, it made more sense that he was the one who did it. But... Well, it makes more sense to pin it on him. But again, like I said, we've had these issues where someone can look super clean, like, yeah, clear-cut job, this guy did it, and it's not them. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I'm just saying it's hard to wrap my brain around that this Charlie man did it. Like, I think this would be a solid case. Charlie and Jackson can, whatever their freaking names yeah. are. If you did not mention the fact he failed to murder someone by <laughs> literally trying to kill him multiple I times. I still think that, you know, he tried it once. He wasn't able to do it. Because, hey, our friend Israel Keys did the same thing. He had, he had let someone survive. He's not my friend. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say that. But I don't want to put that No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, the first person, the first girl that he was actually going to, like, totally, like, pretty sure he raped her, but he didn't kill her. And then from that point on, like, he decided he wasn't going to kill, uh, like, kids because she was, a, I think she was, like, 12 or 13 or something. So it was one of those things. Like, he tried once. It didn't work out. Tried again and triple. Well, yeah, who knows? Maybe he's <laughs> maybe there is some similarities though. Because why did they put them in the lake? I like to not be found. Like I have no idea. And then can we just because like it, it's I guess it's it's like a connection. He put them in a well. He put them in a hole. Put them in. Oh a my gosh! I didn't like even think well. about that. See, <laughs> see, it makes sense now. You understand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like any of these theories. I honestly just wanted to fight you on this story. <laughs> I think Ed, I think it's sus though. I feel like Ed, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I just painted this picture that Ed is not part of the investigation at his house. And I think he's sus. I mean, maybe he so is sus. And obviously Ed's probably not alive anymore. Did he didn't anymore, mention so. anything about Ed? Was Ed at the house? Did he help Ed, find the bodies? No, he didn't even go search for no, the bodies. No, he was part it of was the someone's search party. Brother. It was he was part of no yes i did mention that go back b and you can read it i even said and ed logan you came with the sheriff and he came with the brothers like once they went up there and they saw some of the stuff then ed came back with the sheriff and the game warden remember i said game warden 
Yeah, okay, he came back with the sheriff and the game warden, but why didn't he go out there first? It was literally his cabin. Because I don't know. He had his stuff Sucks. going on in Bent. Because he already knew they were dead. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Anyway. anyway. So that, my friends, is the story of the murder, the unsolved murder at Lava Lake that happened in 1924. And yeah, we don't know who did it. We we have ideas, obviously. Tristan has her theories. I have mine. And who knows? Both of us could be wrong. You know what? Why don't we just throw this out here? What if it was Bigfoot? No. No? He wasn't around then? No. I mean, you don't even know. So. I don't know. Uh, so there you I have mean, it. Maybe Bigfoot does know how to skin a fox. Well, maybe. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the cabin has long since like been demolished or destroyed or whatever. But obviously, the lake still exists. Why? I don't know. Like maybe it fell apart. Like I'm not sure. Especially because we don't know for sure if they died in the log cabin. But um, uh, the the cabin does not exist anymore. However, the lake still does, and you can go out to the lake. Uh, Elk Lake Lodge still exists as well, and so if you're if you ever want to go on a murder hike, you know, or snowshoe out there, now you know. Now you know where it happened. Yeah, you should post the trail, the 30-mile trail. <laughs> the 30-mile trail. No, but I will say. And I, that was I the did, biggest tragedy, the biggest crime of I this I did share case. the picture with you. I think it's mind-boggling that back in those days, it was totally acceptable to take pictures of dead bodies and post them in the newspaper. Because we do have pictures of their bodies there's, like, multiple pictures. Like, you can go ahead and Google it. sleeping. Yeah, like, you can Google it, friends. You can, like, lava, unsolved lava lake murders, and you will see um, pictures of their bodies floating in the water. There's pictures of them pulling them out of the water. Like, it's interesting at what they're willing to, to put out there for oh. everybody to see. Are you looking at them? Yeah, I'm looking at a man pulling a sled. Yeah, exactly. Like, it ain't no thing. So, yep. Hmm. And that, friends, is the story that we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. And um, be sure to tune in next week. Bye. We have to stop. And Logan did it. You ruined it. You ruined it. Wow, thank you. Goodbye.